From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a smoser or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. You've got a huge amount of experience in comedy. You've probably worked with some of the greats, just even, you know, during your time at the channel. In business, I don't think we use humor enough, especially when we're trying to connect with employees, audiences, customers. And someone like me who's not very funny, what what advice would you have? What, what advice would you have for someone like me who maybe isn't so confident in telling jokes or bringing comedy into some of their public speaking or presentation. Are there any quick tips and tricks that you might have uh, to help somebody in that situation? Well, I think you're right. The world is divided into people who are naturally kind of funny or, or naturally not kind of funny. But like anything else, you know, there's uh, skill and there's talent. And everybody has skill and talent in lots of things but not an equal, you know, ratio. Like I, I play piano and my mother was a piano teacher and she used to say, you know, not very talented, but very smart and works hard, you know, about some of our students. And they, that was, that was a good insight. So you can learn a little bit about how to be funny. And the quickest way to do that is to take an improv course, comedy improv. Most cities and I, you're in London. Is that where you are? Where are you? I'm in Birmingham. Yeah. Birmingham. Okay. So Birmingham, I'm guessing that there is an improv comedy uh, scene in Birmingham. Am I right or wrong? I'll Google it straight after this. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know about it. Okay. So in New York, Chicago, LA, you know, the big cities here, there's always big improv. But even in, you know, in some of the smaller towns, improv is a big deal, you know? And they give, they have schools of improv and you go to the school of improv and improvisation is just what it sounds like. You know, they put you into a scene and they say, okay, do the scene. Now you don't necessarily have to be funny, but it helps. And it also makes you very quick on your feet, very quick to respond. And it also teaches you a lot of things that are very useful in business. Matter of fact, here in the U.S., in Chicago, the University of Chicago Business School, very, very famous business school, has teamed up with the Chicago City Limits, I'm sorry, Chicago What's it called? It's not called City Limits. Chicago, basically the Chicago Improv Group there that's very famous and does a lot of feeding to Saturday Night Live. And they teamed up with them to develop a curriculum for business people. That's how strong an association there is between improv and business. It really does work. So that's my quick take on it. I always have thought you either born funny or you're not. It's not something that you can really learn because of the way, you know, when you meet some really funny people, it just blows your mind. You're like, how can I think so quickly? They're so sharp. They have an amazing way of turning something that's not funny into hysterical stuff. And I've never been very good at that. So it's, uh, it's interesting how you can, you know, actually learn some of that to help. I think you can. I mean, you think about the people who are naturally funny, who don't go into the comedy business. That doesn't mean they're not naturally funny enough to go into the comedy business. It just means they don't care to put in the time, effort, and work that it takes to become a professional in the comedy business. My friend, I have a very close friend. Uh, we've been friends since college. 
he wanted to be a sitcom writer. And I said, well, that's, you know, as I said, that's crazy. He went to LA, he worked as a teacher, he watched sitcoms endlessly over and over, figured out how it worked, and basically taught himself how to be a sitcom writer. But when he talks about it, you realize how much time and effort and work he put into it. He didn't walk in one day and say, hey, I'm a funny guy. I think I can do this. He worked at it. And that's what it takes. That's what mm -hmm. it takes. Stand-up comedians, comedy writers, it's a craft. You got to work right. hard. But if you want to be more funny in business, just pay attention. Take an improv class. Get a few jokes you want to tell. <laughs> you know, you can try that. Um, but people don't tell jokes anymore the way they used to. So that's a little outre. But you can try that. Yeah. And is there an element of sort of storytelling as well that's required? Because I see a lot of stand-ups and they'll hook you in with a story and you're sort of now wanting to know the next bit and then they'll sort of weave in some jokes into that story. Is storytelling important to be funny, do you think? I think it's at the essence of, of comedy, especially comedy today. I mean, if you take a look at stand-up com comedians, and again, stand-up comedy is not the only kind of comedy, but it is, you know, kind of a, an essential form of comedy in that it's one guy or gal standing in front of an audience, and you're right, telling a story. And many of the stories come from their own experiences. Everybody tells stories. You know, what happened at school to get today? That's, that's, your, that's your initial entry into the storytelling work. And your response is nothing, <laughs> right? Nothing yep. happened. And then your mom says, come on, something happened. All right. I got in a fight in the playground. What happened? Well, this guy, he came up to me and he called me. You know, I mean, that's storytelling. And at the point where your mother laughs at something you said, you say, hey, that was an interesting moment. I would like to know how to do that again. So when you're telling a story, if somebody laughs, you think about what made that funny. And I'm sure, listen, Patty, I don't know you well at all, as you know, but I'm sure you've told stories where somebody laughed. Yeah. Am, am I wrong? Tell me I'm right. Loads of people. Honestly, loads are. Yeah, loads. <laughs> no, everybody makes people laugh once in a while. So that's, yeah. that's the point. Comedy has really transformed itself from what it started as with vaudeville, if you want to go back that far. It was actually before then. But, you know, where people doing gags, falling on banana peels and telling, you know, joke jokes, which is like, you know, a rabbi, a priest and a, and a minister walk into a bar to more confessional kinds of comedy, which is, you know, you go back to Lenny Bruce, who talked about his life and even to the point where he was talking about doing drugs and being on trial for, you know, right up through the, you know, through comedians today where they start telling you their story of their lives and episodes that were particularly funny or tragic and they make them funny. And that's really what, what I think the through line in comedy has been. We're running out of time. This one question that came to mind as you were talking that through, what is the funniest joke that you've heard? Or you could describe the situation if you don't want to talk through the joke that would be fit for the festival channel, which is clean. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting you ask because I, when I tell jokes, I rarely, and I still do like to tell jokes a little bit. My kids like to hear me tell jokes. They always say, hey, dad, do you know a joke about X? And I think, and maybe I do, but there's a lot of great clean jokes. And if you want to hear clean jokes, go back to 
again, some of the Borscht Belt comics, some of the comedians who were working in the 60s in, in the Catskills, you know, where they had to tell clean jokes for the most part. I used to listen to albums of guys, and these, they won't make any, I mean, I don't know if you know these comedians, but Henny Youngman, Alan, Alan Sherman did songs. Alan King was very funny, told clean jokes, made me laugh like crazy. One of, the, one of his bits, which I put in my book was, and it's not going to sound that funny, but he said, you know, I, I was at my wedding and, you know, at the end of the ceremony, you're supposed to break a glass and that is supposed to drive away the evil spirits. So at the end of the ceremony, I broke the glass, but I looked up and my mother-in-law was still there. And, I, you know, for some reason, I thought that was such a funny bit. But anyway, there's lots of, of funny jokes. It was actually um, interesting. And I think it was a British study where they were looking for the, the funniest joke in the world. And they, they <laughs> which is kind of a silly thing to do. But anyway, it was professors and they, you know, they got, a, they took a lot of jokes in and they did find what they thought was the funniest joke in the world. And I, I won't try and tell the joke because I'll get it wrong. I haven't told it in years and years. But it was basically, you know, a guy is hunting deer in New Jersey with his friend. And he accidentally shoots his friend and he's panicked. So he calls 911, you know, the emergency number. He says, oh my God, I just I shot my friend. I don't know what to do. And she says, look, relax, take it easy, take a deep breath. I am very good at these situations. I'm going to talk you through it. She said, you shot your friend. First thing to do is make sure, make sure he's, he's dead. And he said, okay, hold on. And she hears a gunshot and he gets back on. He says, okay, he's dead. Now what? Now, I don't know if that's the funniest joke in the world, but people said they, they identified that as the funniest joke in the world for what it's worth. Got it. Well, folks, you heard it here. The funniest joke in the world from Art, from the man himself. Uh, <laughs> he shared that with us. So uh, Art, thank you so much for sharing that. I will check that out, actually. I you must Google that. Yeah. You will cut it out of the broadcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was hooked. I was hooked. when, As you were telling that, I was like, oh, wow, I don't know where this is going to go. But yeah, awesome. So thank you so much. Art, I know you are now writing a novel, so I just wanted to give you a little bit of time right at the end just to talk about your future plans and when is the novel coming out, what is it about, and how can people get to know more? Well, you're so optimistic that the novel will be coming out. <laughs> you know, I haven't finished it. I'm mostly done. You know, writers write because they enjoy it to some extent. I mean, it's hard. And after I wrote my memoir, I thought, hey, this is great fun. I wrote some short stories. And uh, fiction was different than memoir. You know, memoir, you're telling stories about your life. Fiction, you can tell any kind of story you want, make it up. And that's what I started doing. I started making up this thing. And I thought it might end up a short story, but it kept going. And the characters kept doing things. And I thought, eh, this is fun. So there's the novel. Whether it gets published or how it gets published, I, it, I, I, one way or another, I want to get it out there. I would shoot for what's today, April, probably by the end of the year. You know, after you, you got to do a lot of editing, a lot of combing through it. So look for it at the end of the year. But I will let you know, and you can tell your audience, Art put his novel out. In the meantime, you want a big dose of Art Bell. If you've enjoyed listening to me today for 45 minutes or whatever, you can listen to my book, my memoir, because it's out on Audible. Or you can read it the old-fashioned way, which is my preference. I do actually do. I, I do narrate the, the, uh, the book on Audible, so you get to hear me tell the stories.
That's what I love about Audible. I think when authors actually do narrate it themselves, you just feel such a, a connection with the author. So it, it really does add to the experience, I think. And you've got a great voice for radio and you, you've just got a, a, such a, a nice way of putting things across. So uh, I'm sure people would love that. Uh, but it's been an absolute pleasure. We are out of time. I just want to thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Thanks for having me, Patty. I enjoyed it.